Hello and welcome to another episode of Justice Sobriety, where we talk and share and spill the tea soberly and anonymously. My name is Jess, and I have my fiance with me tonight. Hello. She can, her name, you can introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Brittany. (laughs) Okay, so this is Brittany. She's really not liking this so far. Just because she doesn't want to be recorded. But she agreed to be in here. So I thought, um, so I found an article and it has 14 ways alcohol abuse harms marriage. We're not legally married yet, but we've been together for over six years. So she's seen, she's been here from the beginning to the end of my alcoholic career and recovery and everything so all right i'm just gonna read this article it is from riahealth.com published by rian and westfall westall i don't know okay so alcohol can be a poisonous substance especially in large amounts when used to excess alcohol is a tox is toxic Alcohol is toxic to the body and mind, and alcohol abuse or addiction can also poison a marriage. Overuse of alcohol disrupts life on many levels and takes particularly devastating toll on intimate relationships. So there's... Okay, so there's issues that can affect... Okay, sorry. I don't know what the hell I was reading. Okay. <laughs> I really don't know. Okay. How alcohol abuse and addiction can affect marriage. So there's 14 different effects in this article. So sex life. It's well documented that alcohol can lower testosterone. Well, I don't have testosterone. I'm not a man. This can lead to disinterest in one's partner. Um, in 2016, there was a study that found alcohol negatively affected the quality of sex for both men and women. What do you think? Do you think this was affected? Yeah, for sure. How mm. so? Well, oh, where do I even start? <laughs> I'm not used to being recorded on situations like this. It's kind of weird. Um... I guess on the topic of sex life, it whenever someone is like drinking all the time, and let's say for example, it's only one person that is drinking, and you know they want to go and have sex or you know something like that, then if the other person has not been drinking or you know just doesn't want to or maybe is like annoyed or angry that their significant other is drinking and now wants to do this and 90% of the time at least from things that I've read about and heard about is it's not gonna go over very well I guess if I was gonna say um I guess in terms of like ours The fact that, you know, she was drinking all the time totally killed my sex drive. Like, I was not interested in having sex or anything. 
um, because, you know, she was constantly drinking and I did not agree with how much she was drinking. So, yeah, based on the study, this study, I can definitely say that if you are with an alcoholic or something like this, then yeah, there is a very, very high possibility that your sex life is going to go downhill for, you know, one reason or another. On my standpoint, I thought that alcohol would make it more fun. And it did sometimes for both of us, but it was more so what she was talking about because she never wanted to. And I was blaming her. (laughs) I, I just thought she wasn't attracted to me or didn't care about me or just didn't want it. And I was like, well, fuck. Like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna suffer then. When in reality, I was making her suffer. Yeah. And, you know, what she was just saying is, it's not that I found her unattractive or anything like that. I just, the fact that she was consistently drinking, even though I've told her numerous times that, hey, I'm afraid this might become a problem, or hey, you know, this isn't right or something like that, then she was still doing it and then still wanted to have sex and I was just like I told you you know that this is a problem or you know I just that you shouldn't be drinking as much and I guess to be frank I was really really annoyed with the fact that she continuously kept drinking up until to the point where I like I said I I lost complete interest in sex for a very long time because of it And my interest in it just kept getting worse. Okay, so the next topic. Detachment and emotional unavailability. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Alcohol may be thought of as a social lubricant. However, heavy use can cause detachment from relationships. Both partners may begin to emotionally withdraw as the disorder becomes unmanageable. (laughs) One small study found that men with AED had difficulty recognizing emotions and verbal language. They also had decreased ability to show empathy. Um, Well, this basically caused me to drink alone a lot because she didn't want to be around me. And there were lots of days where... I maybe said two words to her that entire evening. And we that was just how life was. So I'll let you share about that. Okay, on this topic, the detachment uh detachment and emotional unavailability, that definitely affected our relationship for a very, very long time. And the reason why is because we basically went from you know, acting like the couple that we were, you know, always wanting to spend time together. We had all these thoughts and ideas of what we wanted to do, but then whenever alcohol started becoming a problem, then we basically all pretty much damn near stopped be acting like a couple, and we are more like roommates that live together, and, <laughs> you know, would occasionally do something that a normal couple would do and it stayed like that for god i don't even know how long years yeah it stayed like that for a very very long time almost three years yeah 
and basically the detachment is in the emotional availability it's like i i'm me personally i'm a social drinker i like to drink with my friends but i know when to stop like i know when my limit is and i actually do not like getting drunk at all so if i do drink then it's maybe like one or two drinks and that's good that's it that's all i want i'm good you're able to control it yeah i'm able to control it but you know for her it wasn't like that so she's told me year like she's told me a couple of times that there have been times even when we first started discussing how alcohol has become a problem in her relationship that she would basically tell me oh I didn't have anything or oh I'm not gonna go and do this and then do something behind my back and I would find out either on my own or she would eventually tell me after that already passed you know like after time already passed and this happened so yeah definitely detachment and emotional unavailability really became what our relationship pretty much was because of the use of alcohol yeah there were so many secrets with that because I wanted to drink and if I knew you'd bitch me out I just wouldn't fucking tell you and then if I found out on my own then I would obviously be pissed off and would confront her about it and it basically just would end up in an argument 90% of the time Mm mhm And that would also lead to me drinking more. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a lot of times we basically were just ignoring each other. Yeah, like I said earlier, we basically became roommates that shared the same bed. We weren't really much of a couple at that time. There wasn't even cuddling. No. And the times where we did have date nights, per se, it was so forced. Yeah. Or, like, if we did decide to have a date night, then we would say it's a date night, but then on the date night, then we're discussing our problems, and then sometimes that date night would just turn into another argument by the time everything was over. Oh, so many times I remember that. Even at IHOP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next topic. Oh, shit. Increasing irresponsibility and unreliability. As a person goes deeper into their addiction, they can become increasingly irresponsible and unreliable. They may fail to follow through with family obligations or complete tasks sporadically, diminishing their partner's confidence in them and their ability to depend on them. (laughs) Oh my god, that was also for... That happened fast. That happens so fast. Like, even the start of my addiction with alcohol. I just... I lost all motivation. I didn't care about anything. I just didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to... I wanted to get through the day so I could go home and drink. I didn't want to deal with shit. I didn't care. If there was a problem with the dog or the house or bills oh well she can take care of it I don't want to deal with it I don't have time I'm tired I'm sick but I would still have time to drink or have money to drink or yeah so 
I know you have a lot to say on this. <laughs> I was just about to say, well, I could go on a whole list of things under this topic specifically. So I'm not going to go through an entire list. I'll try to keep it brief on this section. <laughs> but um, essentially, I work full time. I go to school full time. My schedule typically has me gone all day and for most of the night. And, you know, for a while there, um, you know, at the jobs that she has worked at, she would have way more time at home than I would. And I would be like, oh, hey. During the day. Yeah, during the day. And I'd be like, oh, hey, can you do a load of dishes? Oh, hey, can you do a load of laundry or something like that? Because I did not have a time of it. My schedule was literally wake up, go to work, come home do homework, shower, and go to sleep, and repeat every single day. I didn't have the luxury to sit down and, or even have come home and be like, oh, hey, I have absolutely nothing to do today, so I'm gonna go and clean or something like this. But whereas with her, she would be, she worked later shifts than I did. So for example, at uh, one place that she worked at, she was going in at five. And four. I, four or five. And I was going into work from anywhere from 5.30 in the morning to 12, 1, something at night. Or, uh, not at night, but uh, in the afternoon. And I'd be like, hey, can you do this, this, and this? And it would never get done. Or she'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then it would never get done. And then I would get home and see that these things were not done. And obviously, I would be kind of pissed because I'm thinking in my head, it's like, look, I'm hardly ever home. And I asked you to do one or two simple things. Why did you not do it? And under this topic in general, it has caused so many arguments between us. Typically over the same thing. It's like, I'll ask her to do something and then it doesn't get done. And I'll I'll get home, find it's not done, then be mad and repeat. Because (laughs) I just never had time. That's what my excuse was in reality. But I was in school too. I worked too. I had health issues. I would always use all of that as excuses. Um, But in reality, I would just prioritize my own selfish things above that. Because who the fuck wants to wash dishes? Who the fuck wants to fold laundry? I sure as hell didn't. And I felt like, you know, I worked 4 to midnight most days. Or 5 to 2 a.m. other times with another job. So... My time was that special to me. I didn't want to waste it while cleaning. That just wasn't my priority when really she didn't ask me to do that much. Yeah, it would be like one or two things or even be like, hey, uh, do this one load of dishes. I'll finish the rest when I get home or do this one load of laundry. I'll finish the rest, get home. And then, like I said, it just wouldn't get done. And then it would just turn into an argument about that. And then... You know, during the whole time where we were basically roommates that were living together, it was a constant argument that was brought up was the fact that I wasn't happy with how things were not getting done. Like, you know, I think they were because I'm thinking in my head, it's like, oh, this might take maybe five, 10, 15 minutes at most, maybe, maybe an hour, depending on if I ask her to do, you know, multiple things. But I'm, I'm thinking in my head, oh, an hour shouldn't be that bad. I mean... She wakes up earlier than I do. She'll 
she has the entire day up until she has to go to work to take care of this one thing or a couple things that might take most an hour. And, you know, I, I, I didn't like um, coming home and the house being kind of like a mess still. When, again, I'm thinking in my head, she's been here all day. Why did this stuff not get done? You know? And, you know, now I know a lot of that stuff was, you know, because of the alcoholism and among other things. And it's definitely gotten a lot better now. I will say that it has definitely gotten so much better. But prior to now, things just kept spiraling into an argument over the same stuff to the point where I didn't even bother anymore. Uh, If I would ask her to do something and wasn't good and I wouldn't confront her about it, I would just go home, like, go and do it myself. Or at one point, I didn't even ask her to do anything anymore. I would just immediately come home after a long-ass day of work and immediately do stuff. And I... I didn't want to do it, but because I didn't want to live in, you know, a messy house or anything, then I would grit my teeth and do it and basically just hope for the best. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the next topic is problems at work. Continuing on the last point, if alcohol starts to make a person unreliable, that could bleed into their work, which it did. There may they may frequently call in sick because of hangovers, show up late or not at all. If they are impaired on the job, they may not be able to function properly, which may contribute to workplace accidents and hazardous environments. These changes could lead to termination and put the family finances in jeopardy. Well, I mean, I had health problems too, but I mean, I didn't get many hangovers. Most of the time, if I was hungover, I would just go into work anyway. Which didn't start me for a great day. Um, I mean, there was one time where I blacked out and I didn't hear my alarm that next morning and I showed up to work and opened the store late, which that was pretty bad. I must, I could have gotten fired, but I just got a write-up. So, I didn't think it was that serious. Um, I was more mad that my head was throbbing. I didn't really care about the consequences for work. I figured I wouldn't really get fired anyways. Because, you know, in my head, oh, they needed me. Oh, I'm special. Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm too important right now. We're we're short-staffed. I'll be fine. Which I was, but it did not help with the already struggling relationship between my boss and I at the time. Um, There have been times where I wasn't on the clock and I picked up my check and I was drinking at home before that. So I walked into the kitchen tipsy, running into shit. I don't know if people knew, I'm sure they knew. And there are other things I don't really want to say on the air. (laughs) Yeah, although it's anonymous, I'm still not going to say. But yeah, it definitely impacted my job. 
for me on this end, it actually did not affect me all that much. Uh, there might have been a couple occasions where I would find out via mutual friends or just inklings or, you know, she would mention something and I would immediately pick up on, you know, the fact that, you know, she, she said that she wasn't going to be drinking or anything and then she actually was and I'd be at work finding this stuff out and obviously I'm pissed. Um, really is... is that that didn't happen all that often. I mean, there were a couple times where I had to go into, you know, the back rooms and kind of like calm down because I was so mad. But other than that, I basically used work more so as a distraction to keep myself occupied, to keep my mind busy. So I'm not thinking about or worrying about what she's doing at home. So like I said, for the most part, it didn't really affect my work job that much. <laughs> You go, I may, might as go as far as saying that it made me focus more on my job sometimes because I would be busy and I'd constantly have something to keep me busy. So I wouldn't have to worry about anything else. And then, like I said, there might have only been like two or three occasions that I remember specifically that I had to get, I had to step out for a little bit in order to calm down because of something that happened. Okay. Oh, number five is physical health problems. It probably doesn't, it probably comes as no surprise that heavy alcohol use can impact health. It can affect the brain, digestion, weight, and increase your risk of several types of cancer. Oops. This can affect the quality of life for both partners and the family as a whole. Well, I don't have cancer. I'm sure I have an ulcer, so... I'm serious. I need to, like, I need to t- take care of that and get, what's it called? And Endos- endoscopy? Something like that. Endos- I don't know. I can't say the word. Um, Basically get it checked out. Yeah. Yeah, because I couldn't keep food down. And that started happening after I quit drinking, but the damage has already been done. And now... It causes like acid reflux. I get, I get really nauseous a lot. Um, and shit like that. I mean, I did get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, which caused inflammation. And honestly, I would, even before I knew I had the autoimmune disease, I would drink because it helped with the physical pain. So I don't know. I don't really know what to say about that. Uh, there's loss of interest. Oh, <laughs> loss of interest in personal maintenance. Drinking can diminish people's cares about many aspects of life, including appearance and hygiene. This could lead to changes such as disheveled appearance or health consequences like weight gain. I think on that end, we both gained way more weight. Um, more for me, more so stress of work, school. Dealing with me. Yeah, dealing with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cause a lot of, did cause a lot of weight gain for me that I'm just now starting to get back under control. But other than that, I didn't really have any other issues in personal maintenance to say, because like I said, I, I basically try to keep myself busy with anything and everything I possibly can. So just so, I wouldn't have to worry about her or 
disturbed. Like, I tried to avoid arguments and things like that. So I just would do my own thing and go from there. I stopped liking showers. <laughs> it was bad. I just didn't care. I was just like, I'm, I'd rather use this time in, at the end of my day to drink. And I would just bathe in perfume, basically. And I'm sure I reeked of alcohol. And I gained a shit ton of weight. I gained almost... I gained almost like a hundred pounds in three and a half, four years from drinking. And even whenever I got sober, I gained more weight because I started eating more. So, okay, change in attitude. Since alcohol is a depressant, it may trigger depression or make symptoms worse. I already had depression. Um, I was on antidepressants and I still drank because I thought my own self-medication was gonna work better than just what the doctor prescribed me. Uh, it says here that a partner may notice their spouse becoming more negative and difficult to be around, even if they aren't abusive and angry drunk can make frequent off-putting comments. I wasn't an angry drunk. I was either a really happy drunk or a sad drunk or a stupid drunk. Basically. Yeah. Do you have anything to say? Uh, the change in attitude? Mm-hmm. Oh. Not really. Like I said, once things continuously just weren't getting better, I kind of, like, kept to myself. Yeah. Okay. Increasing other partners' alcohol use. Did you drink more because of me? Okay, on that note, I probably did start drinking a little bit more frequent um, because of you, but I also have had experience living around alcoholics prior to now so i do i did not want to become an alcoholic myself i I just i don't didn't want it to like rule my life or anything so yes i did drink a little more frequently um but then i actually at one point i stopped drinking almost entirely because of the issues yeah i remember that or when you would drink, it would be in another room, or... Yeah, if I would, like, if I would drink, um, then I would either drink at, you know, a friend's house, or I would go into another room, and, you know, I would either say, oh, hey, I'm gonna go in here and drink, or I just wouldn't say anything and hope nobody bothers me. Early recovery was really rough for me. I think my first five or six months... The obsession to drink was really bad. And that's, I realize now that's because I didn't thoroughly do the steps the first time. And I didn't always work my program in the way that it should have been worked. Although I thought I was, I wasn't. And I would just stay angry. I would stay feeling bad for myself. Um, The next one is infidelity. I did not. I did not have sex outside the relationship. Neither one of us did, so that doesn't really matter. Yeah, the sex life was just dead. Basically. (laughs) Fertility issues. um, We're gay. You're half gay. (laughs) Uh, Violence. There was no violence. You were pissed once and you, like, punched a wall, but, like... In my defense, I've done that ever since I was, like, a teenager. Yeah. 
So that's really nothing new to me. No. No legal problems because... Thankfully. I thought I was smart about everything. <laughs> whenever she was drinking before, you know, like, I guess I should say, whenever they f- she first started drinking, that I made sure that if we were drinking any time... Then it was with, you know, a very small group of friends or in as our own home and nobody would be going anywhere. But I still thought it was okay to get in the car with people who were drinking. Yeah, that was dumb on your part. Well, some of those people were your family, for the record. <laughs> yeah, so you can laugh all you want. Loss of interest in activities. Yes. I hated everything. I hated everyone. I was so depressed, and I was just blaming the world. And it says that this can make a couple less inclined to do activities they once enjoyed together. We stopped doing everything together. We started fighting. That was our couple activity. Pretty much. I I have, like, no social life sometimes because I work so much, so my interest in activities never increased or decreased during this whole thing. I just wanted to sleep all the time. Um, spiritual dissatisfaction. Over time, untreated alcohol addiction can take a toll in the relationship. It can cause divorced couples. Um, the dependence seemed to have developed slowly, but it became the final straw once the other partner felt the issue couldn't be fixed. Well, technically, we're not married, but our relationship was absolute shit for... Three and a half or so years. We've almost broke up. I don't know how many times. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Thankfully, we didn't. Stubborn. Very, very stubborn. And in my defense, you know, I always hoped that things would get better for her and for our relationship. So I basically just try to keep clinging on to that hope and then... You know, when she started going into recovery, everything, I felt relieved. I really did. And then, um, I I will admit, I did get kind of worried at first because she was off way more frequent after she started recovery than how she was even prior to then. So, I wasn't really sure what was going on. And I guess in one sense, even though she was... She she started working the program and everything. I guess I kind of felt neglected a little bit because she would spend like and this this was after our relationship started getting a little bit better. Um, but yeah, it just it seemed like she was hardly ever home. I would hardly ever see her, and like I just kind of felt neglected for a little bit. And then um, you know, it basically stayed like that for a little bit and then we had a couple of discussions about that and you know I I understand now why she was going to so many uh meetings and stuff like this and it makes a lot more sense though so basically my feelings were kind of pointless at that time <laughs> but <laughs> but um yeah for for the most part it, it was more of a relief whenever she started going to recovery as opposed to how things are were and I mean definitely from the very beginning and even throughout the entire recovery things still have not been perfect with us <laughs> you know but we're, we're still trying we're still working on ourselves and our relationship and that's basically all we can do 
I actually feel like we have a relationship now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're actually doing a couple things again. It's crazy. Although, still with my schedule, it's, like, very difficult, but... I it's, know. It's a lot better now than it was beforehand. And then this whole virus thing happened, so that kind of, like, really put a damper in plans. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. We were going to get married this year. I'm kind of glad that we didn't, because I feel like if we did, it would have been, like, a bad idea. Just Honestly. with how crazy this year has been. Yeah. Yeah. We would have been jinxing ourselves. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but it gives us more time to work on ourselves and just have something for something to look forward to when all this shit's over. Um, well, it's already been 30 minutes. <laughs> I think we talked enough for now. But do you prepare to be on here again? I'll try. <laughs> You'll try. I'm proud of you. But um, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed Brittany being on here. You should like make enough comments or messages. Oh, yeah. So I have a Discord account for this podcast now. And it is under Jess's sobriety. So it's the exact same spelling and everything as it is on here on anchor or spotify whatever you're listening this listening to this on so feel free to add me add me as a friend or however discord works i'm still learning just join me join me and then we can talk on there in between my episodes so thanks for listening um i'll close it out as the in the usual way serenity prayer and um also a moment just to recognize those who are still suffering and the disease um so god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference all right bye see you next time